0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Your Ben Jarofsky Show for April 12th is here. All right, before we get started with the show, I want to make sure you're liking and subscribing to The Ben Jarofsky Show on social media and on your favorite podcast platforms. It's really easy to do. It updates you on when new content's coming your way, and it helps the show. And it's Wednesday, so you know what's up. Monroe Anderson is here for Monroe Wednesdays. The Ben Jarofsky Show brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, and so much more. If you like columns from Ben Jarofsky, bonus interviews from Ben Jarofsky, you can find all that stuff at chicagoreader.com. Just throw a forward slash Jarofsky at the end. That's J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y.
1: Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Brandon's Friends. <laughs> Or maybe we should call it Brandon's Team. Or how about Brandon's Team and Friends Wednesday, and here's why. Day began bright and early for me, Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with a text from a dear friend of the leftist persuasion, an old friend of mine who's a lefty just like I am. Uh, And in his text, I will now call it up. I'm doing two things at once, very millennialistic of me. Uh, uh, In his text, he had the lineup the leadership team uh, that um, Brendan Johnson had uh, selected to be uh, his transition team. Uh, and it was, there's six faces here, and two of them have been guests on the Ben Jarowski show. Four of them are out-and-out lefties uh, that I know of anyway, and one is uh, an old friend of mine, Amisha Patel. And I just had a smile. Uh, And by the way, Jason Lee is on this as well. Uh, Jason Lee uh, comes on the show, political strategist, really smart guy. And it was Brandon's uh, campaign manager and Amisha Patel is grassroots activist going back many years uh, on the left. And I just had a smile. It's like, like up is down and down is up in my mini little universe. When lefties like me are on transition teams, I'm not quite sure what to make of it. You know, uh, I make fun of myself and my guests make fun of me because I'm like a A self-hating lefty, I always assume that anybody like me in politics or thought, anybody reacts to the world the way I react to the world, will never, ever, ever be in a position of leadership in the city of Chicago. We'll always be on the outside looking in. We'll always be like a minority, you know, (laughs) outshouted by the majority. Uh, We'll always be like the alderman and alderwoman whose microphones Mayor Daley would turn off or the alderman and the alderwoman who walks in the Chicago City Council and they make fun of us the way we're dressed, the way Proco Joe Moreno used to make fun of Sue, uh, uh, Sue Sadlowski Garza. She used to wear red when Sue was first elected back in what was it, 2015, by a handful of votes, uh, pushed by the Chicago Teachers Union, Karen Lewis, and she out of victory, and when they brought her into the Chicago uh, City Council, when she finally, uh, the votes were fully tallied, and it was clear that she uh, had, had, was victorious, uh, upsetting Mayor Rahm's uh, little rubber stamper, whose name I can't remember at the moment, doesn't really matter. Anyway, Rahm called her in. He goes, um, you know, don't make this a circus. Look at the- <laughs> Lecturing her. Sugars is a very funny woman. She goes, what am I, a clown? am i a clown like straight out of a, a good fellows for all you ancient people out there anyway but that was the attitude it's like there are the responsible people who run the city of chicago and they're the malcontents then they're the outsiders on the fringe the gadflies and that's kind of always where i've been on the city of chicago at least since Harold washington died uh on the outside looking in and now man amisha patel Misha Patel is part of the transition teams. I don't know where this is going. No idea. I could be sobbing in three months. I've been betrayed again. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. But at least she's there. And and I I remember the last time, uh, four years ago, let's go back to Misha Patel four years ago, when Lori Lightfoot was coming in. And her transition team, I don't I didn't recognize anybody on that transition team, I'm sure. All these lawyers and stuff, It's corporate lawyers. By the way, uh, Brandon's got a corporate lawyer. They always need a corporate lawyer. I know a ton of lawyers. Some of them aren't corporate lawyers. They're smart lawyers. You, you know, just telling these people's world, you, it's, you don't have to work for a corporate law firm to be a smart lawyer. Just saying. Not that corporate lawyers aren't smart. Just saying there's a lot of smart lawyers that don't work for corporate lawyers. I uh, remember Harold Braun and Jim Montgomery. I love that. What a breath of fresh. Jim Montgomery, great trial lawyer. Anyway, um, I remember uh, four years ago when uh, Lori Lightfoot brought in her team and Lori Lightfoot who had campaigned that she was going to be against the Lincoln Yard TIF project, $1.3 billion and uh, a handout to, to subsidize a project that would gentrify an already gentrifying area, uh, which sort of personifies in its own way uh, just the depths, I don't know, of waste, uh, in our city, like, we'll just throw more and more money at wealthy areas while starving poor neighborhoods, sort of probably the, the overall planning strategy in the city of Chicago to to encourage poor, na- poor neighborhoods to fall apart, and then you can just move the people out and then spend money uh, fixing them up for the new people that move in. Uh, but uh, so Misha Patel uh, took uh, the city to court. Uh, Lori Lightfoot had campaigned uh, against Lincoln Yards. And um, when uh, she got in, of course, she flip-flopped, and uh, she just, did, although the final deed was done at uh, the city, last city council meeting of Rahm Emanuel, uh, Lori Lightfoot just pretended as though there was nothing she could do about it. Amisha Patel uh, and her organization went to court to try to uh, force, um, to kill the deal. And Lori Lightfoot sent in a squadron of city lawyers, your taxpayers' dollars at play, folks, uh, to defeat Amisha Patel. And uh, it was quite a victory uh, for the way things used to be. And it kind of sent a message to me that Lori Lightfoot probably was going to break every single promise she made uh, to lefties like me. And uh, sure enough, uh, that's what she did by and large. And now here's Amisha Patel on the transition team for Brandon Johnson. and I really don't know what to make of it. It's like I can't envision a city of Chicago in which people – who are in the fifth floor, who are running things, who are in charge, are remotely like me, or with terms of ideology. Very strange uh, moment of time for me. but Maybe not for my distinguished guests. It's Wednesday. Monroe Anderson is uh, sitting by. Uh, Monroe, there was a time when you were in the fifth floor of City Hall. So this is not that strange to you, is it?
2: No. Ed, let me tell you something that I learned with my time there is you can't throw bricks when you're on the inside because <laughs> they just bounce off the wall and hit you in the head. But you have the outside as you have, you're accustomed to being. And many of these people you've talked about, um, they can throw the bricks. But once you get inside, you can't throw the bricks city. So it's a different position.
1: So, you've been on both sides. Have you ever been a brick thrower? I, and this is all metaphor. We're just metaphorically yeah, speaking. Yeah, no, I'm the
2: brick thrower. Um, that's why you asked the tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a brick thrower.
1: Well, okay, but so you were a, a brick thrower. Oh, this metaphor is really strange. Yeah. You were a brick thrower uh, when you were working for corporate media. Okay? Yes. Uh, uh, yes. But that was within the confines of corporate media. I don't recall you actually publicizing your brick throwing. It was something that... Oh, I,
2: you, I, I, I did um, when the Tribune did not appoint me to cover the, the Washington uh daily, per primary, mm-hmm. I complained to the reporter, Jim Marcella, and um, there were reporters at the Tribune who thought I should have been fired on the spot for doing that.
1: Yeah, uh, but that was, again, that was on the inside. You follow what I'm saying, that the difference? it's it's a, It's a distinction that I'm making. It's like, like, when you're a brick thrower on the outside, everybody knows what you're doing. If you're a brick thrower on the inside, don't the people who know what you're doing? Like, that's what they call, like, keeping it in-house. Do you follow what I'm saying?
2: Well, except the, the reader, I mean, the uh, reporter, I'm so. the reporter, being quoted in the reporter is not um, being... On the inside, when you okay. when you talked about how, but it, but if you want to get real technical, I was um, in college in the '60s, and I was part of the black militant crowd. Okay.
1: All right. Well, um, so, let's go ahead.
2: But anyway, yeah. But you know, but you guys uh, on the uh, on the outside throwing bricks. No. no Notices on there. Very few notice it who are inside because they're too busy doing what they're doing. And your bricks, unless you throw them through the windows, they bounce off the brick walls the spin them.
1: And that is uh, some uh, good advice uh, from Monroe Anderson. I. Again, never been on the inside. Maybe one day, although I doubt it, I will be there. What kind of what I'll be like uh, if? Well, uh, you if
2: might I'm be, here. you know. Uh, Mayor-elect um, Johnson has probably got somebody on the phone right now <laughs> trying to see if you're interested <laughs> in being <Vietnam>, his press secretary. <laughs> <laughs> oh us that's Let's get, that's good get that <laughs> did in there as I press that press right <laughs>
1: secretary. That's hilarious, man. Just the concept. Oh my god. First of all, way too old. Secondly, just the no like you just think about the life you have to lead when you do the press circuit. You have to like uh get your the rhythms of your life in tune with the rhythms of everybody else. So that means like a five o'clock wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Or sometimes uh, at 3 a
2: three a.m. call. There were some. Uh, in one of my instances when I was press secretary, I got okay. a call at three in the morning because some city employee had been arrested uh, in, in 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 a cat house or something. I can't remember. Or drug deal. Or something. But anyway, okay. he framed to be high up in the Sawyer administration. And so I got a call wanted to know who this guy is, and is, is he, in fact, high up in the State. I had to call Sharon Gilliam because I didn't know who he was. And I asked her, she was the chief of staff at the time, is, is his name familiar to you? At 3 o'clock in the morning, I had to call her.
1: Uh, no, that's You
2: know, the guy was I, lying. He, he, he was thinking that if he... That he was high enough up in the Sawyer administration, he could walk.
1: All right, so three o'clock in the morning doesn't sound so bad to me. Uh, if I'm not being woken up, if I'm already up because I usually am, uh, but having yeah. to get up at five o'clock in the morning sounds bad to me. All right, let's shift gears here. Uh, I've been—I uh, okay. got a uh, a great text or an email. I don't even know a, a comment on Instagram um, for longtime listener uh, Jay Marie and like to uh, read this to you, Monroe, and get your thoughts. Uh, she was responding to, I think comments that you and I were making last week uh, with Del Marie Cobb, uh, most, mostly me, I think I was making and so last week's show, uh, was last uh, Wednesday, Monroe comes on every Wednesday. We were talking about why Brandon won. Uh, and uh, I go, went on some riff. I can't remember exactly what I said. Uh, but I think Jay Marie pretty much captured whatever it is uh, that I said. So I will now read to you Jay Marie's message she sent to me. And then let's have a little discussion. Here we go. I love your show. Right. I listened to you for years and read your column for even longer. I agree with almost everything you say. However, I do not agree with your constant point that black people in general are progressive and are leftists. You said on a recent show that because 80% of the black vote went for Brandon Johnson, that may- means that black people are leftists. Black people voted for him because he is black, plain and simple. You always mention Jesse Jackson's runs in 84 and 88 and how he was supported overwhelmingly by black folk. Again, he was supported because he was black. I canvassed for Brandon in black wards on purpose so I could talk to other black folk about what Brandon was, uh, about about why uh, Brandon was our people, our dude. The general sentiment was they didn't want to support Vallis and wanted to support the black man over the white man. No one brought up his platform. Also, I am fortunate to be able to talk to black people all the time about a bunch of different things. Many of their opinions express their centrist rights or center viewpoints, i.e. views on crime, religion, education, public aid, housing, employment, etc. If black people were truly leftists, why did we not support Bernie Sanders? I voted for the man twice, but my people in general did not. We voted, uh, we preferred Hillary and Sleepy Joe. (laughs) Jay Marie, that's funny. Sleepy Joe. Uh, We preferred Hillary and Sleepy Joe. Oh, yeah. Why do you think that is? All right, I am going to uh, answer first, Monroe, and that I know this this is like a pitch right down the middle of the plate for you. uh, Because Monroe and I (laughs) have been having this conversation endlessly for as long as we've known each other. Uh, and we will have it until the day we leave this earth. So here's the point I was making, Jim marie and that is this. Black voters do not instinctively abhor leftist politics. I believe that's a narrative that I must confront every, like, four years in the presidential cycle, four years in the mayoral cycle. It's put out there generally by the Republican Party in different forms or another, as a way of saying, we have a lot in common with black voters. And generally they're talking about on issues having to do like gay marriage, uh, that kind of uh, social issues, abortion perhaps. And they completely overlook the whole notion of equity. And equity is generally overlooked by Dems as well, like really Demi-Dems, like Rahm Emanuel Dems. They overlook the issue of equity as well, like fairly dividing the pie. Just to use the Chicago example, fairly dividing the pie. And at the core of every significant Black-run political movement in my lifetime, that issue has been there and that is a progressive issue that is a new deal issue the whole notion of equitably distributing goods and services cutting up that pie so we're more or less fair as opposed to having a pie in which some people get a huge chunk and other people get crumbs and that i don't that's that's basically one-on-one lefty progressives progressivism and republicans have nothing they can't deal with that because their whole platform, when you get down to it, is coveting the pie, making sure that huge chunks go to the favored few. And so I believe that essential, basic notion of fairness and equity uh, is at the heart of the three most significant uh black run movements of my lifetime, uh, Monroe. And that would be, of course, Harold Washington and Jesse Jackson. Uh, and, and now Brandon Johnson, 80% of the black vote. And so I don't believe it's just because Brandon Johnson uh, is a black man. I think that obviously plays a huge role in it. But I also believe that there's a notion, a demand, a need, a want in the city of Chicago for a more fair uh, and equitable distribution of the goodies, to put it mildly. Uh, And so I also believe that's at play. So that's why I always say um, that uh, black voters fit more comfortably in the progressive uh, arena. So that's my response to Jamie Reed. What's your response, Monroe?
2: Uh, Black people have to be practical. (laughs) In, in, in voting um, so if they vote their issue just like anybody else does uh, and, and uh, uh, what unites us more than anything is racist uh, good old-fashioned American racism, and so any candidate who uh, expresses resistance, to racism gets, gets the lion's share of the black vote. And so, yeah, Brandon got the vote because he was black. He got the vote because he was black and and addressed racism and inequity. Um, Harold did the same. Jesse did the same. Uh, it, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Scott. There's the North Carolina black senator.
1: Tim Steve Scott. Tom,
2: doing, uh, Tim Scott, yeah. He, he's in Iowa testing the waters now. He will not get a huge black vote if he's a candidate because he's not going to be talking the talk. He's going to be mouthing the interests of the bagger crowd and the
1: white supremacists. Well, that's a uh, great transition uh, for a whole other part of the conversation. We're going to have uh, Tim Scott and Clarence Thomas. Uh, yeah, and uh, right. we're going to get to that because um, okay. I, okay. they are connected. Yeah. But I'm, let's go yeah. back to uh, Jay Marie's uh, message. Um, okay. So Bernie Sanders, think about this. Monroe, you had a choice between Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, and Sleepy Joe, Joe Biden. They're all white. Okay, so it doesn't fit the paradigm. It doesn't fit the, uh, well, I'm going to support the black person just because he's black. Bernie Sanders has uh, been a fighter against uh, racism longer than Sleepy Joe, Joe Biden, or uh, Hillary Clinton. He was on the front lines back in the early 60s at the University he of Chicago really, when he was protesting segregation. Yeah,
2: he, right, right. And he so, visible, but wait, let me just finish. Chicago. So, just,
1: to, fi- yeah, just okay. to finish what Jay Marie is saying, when, okay. when given a choice between those three, black voters went for Hillary Clinton overwhelmingly and Joe Biden. So, why? Right.
2: Because they knew who they were and they knew what they were doing. Um, our Our at least giving lip service to. Um, they didn't know what Bernie, Bernie. They didn't know anything about. Bernie. You know, and uni, University of Chicago is not first and foremost on the average outsider fine. In fact, um, Le, Le, Leon D, Dupree, the alderman, back liberal alderman, back many many years ago, had, had this interesting statement. He said that Hyde Park. Was the only place in Chicago where uh, white liberals and middle-class blacks uh, conspired to keep poor blacks out. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
1: man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you
2: know. So and Bernie, you know, Bernie, what Bernie was doing, uh, you know, they, they. that, that was the only visibility that I know of, that he had with black, and he wasn't you know he wasn't anti-black, but his his, his 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 um politics. I mean, he's from a a predominantly white state, a very white state, and uh, it's too far out of reach. Nobody to care. Hanging out with Jesse, which Who, is how you're yeah, Bernie,
1: yeah,
2: or, or, or with Minister Farrakhan, <laughs> <laughs> and, and those are the black leaders in Chicago, yeah, that vet you. Makes it.
1: Well, uh, I do believe Bernie Sanders supported Jesse Jackson in '88, uh, for what it's worth, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I just in general uh, can't imagine a, uh, a political movement, uh, that, um, fires up black voters, uh, without at least part of it dealing with inequity. And, um, uh, you know, uh, you're when you, I think when you use the word, uh, racism, uh, that's, you're saying we're sort of we're sort of saying the same thing I mean Ray Simpson goes beyond yeah. just basic inequity but in Chicago you know uh, as well as I do uh when, when Harold Randy said it's our turn and he he meant that
2: but well, you know no, it's Jesse like, said it's, Jesse said it's our turn not Harold.
1: I feel a bet coming on that I'm going to win
2: no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> because Harold was, Harold was pissed off that Jesse said it. Jesse commandeered the mic. He basically snatched it out of Harold and, and, and did not. It's our turn. Our turn. Which um, pissed off. had a lot of white Chicagoans upset from the very beginning. I, no,
1: I remember. Jesse. I remember what you're talking about. Oh my God, two old geezers remembering things from 40 right. years ago. Which which memory right. is sharper than the other? Oh man, I feel that pancake breakfast uh, coming my way. Uh, and I remember what you're talking about with Jesse. That was at uh, when Harold won the primary, right? Uh, and uh, Harold, oh my God, could you just imagine this? Uh, if it, like the equivalent of today. So uh, that. The the people of Chicago are waiting to see uh, Harold Washington, their vic- the new the vic- the victor in the Democratic primary, having just vanquished Burning Daly, and here comes Jesse Jackson, grabs the mic. You're right. This is just the playoff. Right. We want the right. Super Bowl. <laughs> Why right. people are going what? Right. White right. Why people right. are so right. scared, Monroe? <laughs> You're like, oh, right. and angry. It, it,
2: exactly. Exactly. No, and, and, and Jesse didn't help by doing that. So uh, so Jesse was on Harold's business for a while. But then he, yes, he, he got to a point, mm-hmm. yeah, and then he got to a point where, because they couldn't see, that split wasn't healthy. So the Harold got to a point where he said, Jesse was a force for good. And that was his way of saying that he forgave him. That everything
1: was okay. Yeah, no, that split between Jesse and Harold uh, lasted for at least a year in nineteen eighty four. and nineteen eighty four, at the Democratic convention, God, the things I remember. But, Harold had his own right. faction of delegates, uh, right? And he didn't not support Jesse Jackson. He had his own uh, faction of Harold Washington delegates, uh, right? And uh, it because took a while you know, for him. He,
2: he, Jesse has done a lot of good over his his his, his career. But the one thing that Jesse was never loved for is his love for the bike. And so, <laughs> let's, let's say if, if Jesse weren't in bad health now, he would have been in Tennessee. Yeah. Taking taking all the air from yes. this two brilliant young young the two brilliant young Justin. They never would have yes. gotten. The coverage they got because Jesse would have been there, and Jesse would have gotten all the media, and then Jesse Jesse would have moved on to the next thing, and they were they would have been sitting there like not very exposed. And Jesse would do that all the time whenever there wherever there was an issue in the country that was good enough to get media. Like, I I. Um, back in the 80s, I, 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 I once said, Jesse, that he was a heat-seeking missile when it came to a camera. And Clarence uh, Page was very impressed with that. Even That's exactly what he is.
1: Wait, he's a what when he came to the camera? I just couldn't hear you.
2: He's a, he is a, a heat-seeking missile.
1: Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Heat-seeking missile. When it
2: comes missile. to a camera. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, no, you're, uh, yeah. You're right about that, Monroe. Uh, and it, it, it's uh, it's strange. It's a tangent. We're going to get back. Don't forget. Uh, I will not let us go too far down this road. We're going to get back to uh, Tim Scott and Clarence oh, Thomas, right. and then we go to Tennessee. But, oh, and you're one right.
2: other thing. Oh, okay, let me tell you this because this is breaking mm-hmm. news. I mean, literally, okay. breaking news. Like, 10, 15 minutes. Of Trump. Is suing Michael Cohen for five hundred million dollars.
1: Hundred million dollars. Five hundred million dollars. of his <laughs> <I know. laughs> Oh Lord. All right. Uh, I'm writing that down. Uh, <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is breaking news, uh, and again, Michael Cohen, of course, is Trump's former lawyer, uh, who was the one who paid the hush money uh, <laughs> and to Stormy Daniels, uh, and uh, he paid a price for that, uh, was sent to prison, yeah, he, he federal to prison, prison.
2: Right. For, for, uh, and now he's going to testify
1: against Trump. Wow. Right, right. See, folks, let me just say this, and and this is the Trump part of the show before we do the other show, because Monroe and I can talk Trump. That is such a mobster move by Trump. That's such a mobster move. Donald Trump does not behave like any ordinary uh, defendant in the country. And he counterattacks. So most defendants, uh, just I've been thinking about this. The first thing I read this morning, first newspaper article I read this morning, was an account in the Tribune of Danny Solis, a secret uh, Danny Solis, the former alderman of the city of Chicago. found me in this, Monroe, uh, who was uh, wearing a wire. wire. Right. Yeah. And he he, um, there was a conversation he had, I think it was in a coffee shop in Pilsen somewhere. I can't remember exactly where it was, with Roberto Caldero, uh, who was a longtime uh, political operative here in the city of Chicago. I met him back in the 80s, worked for Louis Gutierrez. Anyway, uh, it was all about payoffs and who giving money uh, to uh, secure contracts, real, real sleazy, nefarious, typical Chicago stuff. Uh, and the reason Danny Solis was wearing the wire is because the feds caught him doing something wrong. We don't know. If, they have not fully explained that yet. And so as a result, he flipped and he started wearing a wire. And that is how many people behave. Uh, when they're caught uh, in, in, in trouble, when they're caught doing something they shouldn't be doing. I just saw the movie, the great movie, American Hustle, again, Monroe, for like the 12th time, excellent flick. I urge everybody to watch it again. The point is, uh, the bad guys or the, the wrongdoers in that movie, when the feds caught them up to sleaziness, they started wearing a wire. But Donald Trump doesn't play that game. Just imagine if Danny well, Donald, Donald Trump. Trump, Trump. Is a,
2: he's a kingfish. There's nobody he can wear a wire to get. They want him. I know, but Trump, Trump like Trump, is a one-man crime wave.
1: <laughs> I, I understand that he's still, but he will not, like he will not play along. So he's not going to like plea a deal. He counterattacks. He mock. He's he like mocks the judge. He mocks the prosecutor. He sues right. the person who's going to testify against him he's constantly taunting and teasing he, he gets the crowd fired up he says people should go to the courthouse and protest he's got the entire republican party parroting the lines that he's writing uh, it's it is a scary and yet fascinating display of like mafioso behavior right like, intimidation right right
2: but he's the godfather so he's like- Anyway, and 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 actually he's um, a student of Roy Cohn's teaching because so Roy Cohn basically said um, don't 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 give them any anything to um, challenge you you take you you become the aggressive you lie you Cheat, you steal, you do whatever is necessary. Keep them off base, and that's what Trump does.
1: Well, he's playing all his cards. I uh, I'll have to after the show read the uh, the specifics of his lawsuit. Which
2: yeah, because <laughs> he I, I I always finds these He's just a My my guess is that um, he's doing and uh, Cohen probably had some NDA uh, that he violated. Trump, either that or, or Trump has decided since he makes up his own law, since he goes along <laughs> that Cohen uh, violated lawyer-client uh, obligations. Therefore, he owed Trump five hundred million.
1: Five hundred million. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> He pulls that $500 million figure out of the air. Oh, that sounds good. Right, exactly. <laughs> $500 million. Uh, oh, and then he the Yeah, right. I know Cone
2: said that Trump was trying to figure out his worth. He would start off with maybe $50 billion. And 10 minutes into the conversation, it would be up to $100 <laughs> because <laughs> he's just pulling numbers out his ass to begin yeah. with
1: <laughs> yeah so um and this is the man maga that is leading you all right uh let's go back uh to tim scott and clarence thomas okay. uh the story bro. we'll deal with clarence thomas uh first uh i've always said uh, that uh George Bush's appointment of Clarence Thomas in 1991 to replace Thurgood Marshall as a justice on the Supreme Court is the most cynical thing I've ever seen in my life in America. Uh, Because Thurgood Marshall was a black man, so the Republicans who say they don't believe in affirmative action, who say they don't uh, believe in any kind of uh, race norming or what have you... uh, felt compelled nonetheless to replace him with another black man. And the black man they chose out of all the lawyers in America who are black was the man who was most to the opposite of everything Thurgood Marshall stood for. So the only thing he had in common with Thurgood Marshall was race Monroe. Uh, It was a slow down, dirty move. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, Clarence Thomas was in it was the uh, commissioner for education at the time he was named to that and he had been put in that position to get rid of the Department of Education this is a, he was supposed to be setting that down
1: and so, yeah, yeah. my memory again one more time memory is faulty uh, this could be yeah. another bet I think he was at EEOC uh, we're doing this at the top oh, of our been. head yeah, yeah he
2: yeah. may have been he, yeah. it was it was one of those positions that Republicans didn't like. Yeah. And so they put him in charge of it to dismantle it. So it better yeah. have been education, EOC instead of education. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm not going to, that one I won't, I won't spread. <laughs>
1: but the other one, oh, I got it. it. Too long I, it's our turn. I got that. That's right? breakfast, man. You know, we're going to order a plate just in memory of Sergio, who should be with us, but he can't be with us, so he would be eating with us. Uh, I'm definitely getting that. We'll get the omelet and the pancakes. That's it, man. Um, But uh, uh, so Clarence Thomas, he gets the position. uh, And then as soon as they're questioning him, of course, in the hearings, he's This is a man who, again, has opposed affirmative action his whole life and says America's a meritocracy and chides uh, black people for ever raising the issue of racism. As soon as he's in trouble, because there's legitimate accusations of him harassing Anita Hill, what's the first thing he does? He plays the race card. He calls it a high-tech lynching. Remember Monroe? I mean, it is so cynical.
2: Right, right. You know? I mean, they like him so much because he's, he's he's more hypocritical than they are, and to to their advantage. You know, with all this all all, all this disclosure now about how he's hanging out with this billionaire who's letting him uh, fly in his private jet and hang out on his uh, big yacht. This is very very exclusive. Ex- uh, extensive yacht and he's going to different places putting them up and he's not reporting any, any, any of it he's doing a fake interview where he says that um, he's just a regular old guy who'd rather hang out at a Walmart parking lot than at a beach <laughs> which is so ridiculous you know <laughs> the people at the Walmart parking lot would rather be at the beach you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. But who hangs out in a Walmart parking lot anyway? I know. You know, I mean? may, I know. Go- well,
2: the people, the people who hang out at a Walmart parking lot are those who can't get any um, uh, internet <laughs> except by being by by, by getting Walmarts on the parking lot. At least that's my yeah. guess. But there are, you know, there are hangout places, and I, I think Walmart might be one of them. I know there are other places where you go and you are right in front of them. You can borrow their internet.
1: He, he's not hanging out in a Walmart's parking lot. he shops he's at right, Walmart. Right. No, uh, he
2: doesn't. He's you know he's he's living the life. He's <laughs> no.
1: Yeah,
2: and, no, and it's just... even if, if 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 he even. Brought up the idea of hanging out with the great Oy. Uh, his 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 wife would slap him. His best friend would slapping him. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's
1: not. She he doesn't need to be slapped by anyone. He doesn't. He's got the good life, and he loves the good life. Clearly, right. he loves hanging right. around with these uh, right wingers. Uh, Cause he, you know he's one himself. Uh, and uh, ruling whichever way they want. But they're really testing, by the way. Uh, So everything about him is utter complete, uh, uh, a very cynical maneuver from 1991 Monroe all the way it's what's that? over 30 years later. Uh, And he despises people like you and me, let's be honest. Uh, And that's a motivation for how he rules. Let's be honest about that. Uh, And now he's breaking just, like, all of, like, the norms and pretending like there's nothing wrong with taking all these favors from this gazillionaire uh, who also uh, gives money to groups who bring issues before the court. It's such an obviously obvious uh, conflict of interest.
2: Yeah, right, but his defense is that... um... He talked to people, experts, and and people of the court, and asked them if um, these elaborate trips and etc. were in, in, in bad faith. And they said, well, if it's a personal friend, then it's not, and there are any any direct connection. Now, this this billionaire became his personal friend, his best friend, uh, five or six years after he was a Supreme Court justice. You know, it, um, I mean, if, 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 if um, who who is that Richards guy or whatever that moved out of Chicago, the billionaire? Oh, Kenny G. Uh, Ken he, Griffin. Yeah, Kenny G.
1: Griffin, yeah, yeah
2: Griffin. Yeah, it's Griffin. If Griffin wanted me to be his friend you know, <laughs> and, and, and slide his private jet and hang out on him his uh, yeah. We could be friends, although I would, we, we would be in agreement politically. But we could be friends. <laughs> if he <laughs> if he thought highly of me and wanted me to do that. Just because he liked my personality or something. Thought I was a pleasant person or something.
1: No, I uh I do not buy that argument whatsoever. I wouldn't buy it if it were a Democrat making it. It's utterly absurd uh, to think right. that you can circumvent laws that are intended to um, uh, keep judges as honest and upfront about their dealings as possible by claiming the person who is showering you with gifts uh, is a personal friend. Uh,
2: right.
1: Th- that is a dodge of all... The, all these laws that are intended uh, to do all the things that he's not doing when he takes these gifts uh, and hangs out. Again, he's hanging out with people who are funding uh, the right-wing-led uh, judicial movement that is in the and, Supreme and Court all the time.
2: And he, including you know, his wife. He's one of the people he's hanging out with this is his wife.
1: <laughs> well, that's a whole other issue. Uh, right. but of she, yeah, she of got money.
2: Yeah. She got money. She got a, mil- a million dollars from the, the billionaire to set up some right wing program. And she paid herself a hundred and some thousand dollars a year salary.
1: All right. Yeah. So Monroe, let me ask you the question. Yes. I think I know your answer, but let me ask you the question. Okay. So Right now Democrats have, as we like to keep tally, I believe, uh, four cases they're mounting against Donald Trump at this moment. And uh, one of the Georgia case, of course, uh, January 6th, the the records uh, that he took to Mar-a-Lago, and then the case in New York with the hush money.
2: Actually, uh, there are seven cases total. Somebody counted them up, added them up. uh, Seven cases where Trump is in jeopardy.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if all those are being mounted by uh, Democratic uh, prosecutors or Democratic uh, at the initiative initiative of um, of Democratic uh, Congressmen. But let's just put that four seven, whatever okay. it is. Okay. The 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 response of centrists that I could think of, I've seen them. Uh, I see their faces talking. Uh, is that it's it's over overreach. The Democrats have to pull back. Uh, you could run the risk of turning Trump into a martyr and the proverbial swing voter, uh, in uh, Wisconsin and, uh, Virginia that David Axelrod and Rahm Emanuel care so much about will go Republican because they think the Democrats have just gone too far and they'll vote for Donald Trump. Um, do you, and so this argument is also made about Clarence Thomas. Well, you can't make a movement to uh, hold him accountable for this obvious violation of conflict of interest because it'll be viewed as overreach, especially coming while you're uh, at the same time you're going after Trump. Do you buy that argument? No. Senator Durbin, the head of No, your kid. no. You it's, yeah, it's typical. Yeah, the,
2: the Republicans are doing such horrible things. They're way beyond overreach, what they're doing. And then uh, they're projecting anytime we try and do anything, and it's we're in danger of, we're really going to make them mad now. <laughs> you know, so they really, they do, they're being as horrible and awful as they can be. And um, hang, hand-wringing Democrats are worried about them being worse, and they are threatening to be worse. And how, how much how much worse can they be in having uh, their committee formed to uh, look into the weaponization? of their committee when the Democrats are in charge of it into into Donald Trump. And um, so they're charging uh, Bragg, for example, of using his office, his position, as a weaponization against Trump, as they're using their committee as a weaponization against Trump i mean brag i mean it's, it's just it's insane you know they do a, a ridiculous thing and then if we even uh, pretend that we're gonna do it too they 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 they, they cluck and they mm-hmm. do that you're gonna be sorry because that's not a good thing to do
1: no i'm with you i'm with you on that one uh uh, I, I absolutely believe standards have, uh, have to be upheld. Uh, you cannot look the other way uh, just because you're timid and worried about swing voters in Wisconsin, who I don't think you're going to lose anyway. And, 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 and,
2: right, and right, and not only that, but the swing, this, this is the thing right now. The Democrats, thanks to Bernie, have all the good issues. You know, they they, they are, um, of choice they're for fairness and equity and the Republicans are against I mean their birth the birth control thing is killing them and the, the Dems ought to be beating them over the head with that every day once an hour somebody ought to be beating them with beating them upside the head and they're doubling down on it um, every chance they get. They're coming up with, it's Idaho where they, they, they have just um, come up with a law where if a woman, if, let's say if your cousin, if your female cousin, came to you uh, and asked you if you you give her a ride to neighboring Washington, To get the 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 uh, the pill that will uh, let her have and uh, will abort her child, then uh, you could go to jail also for uh, assisting to jail and 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 some years, not months, but years in there for assisting. I mean, which is just, I mean, it, it is just, I mean, it's so ridiculous. And it is um, criminal what they're up to, and the people, the women in the suburbs, white women in the suburbs, see it and don't like it. And so the the Dems ought to be playing that up, not going, well, uh, will we go too far if we said (laughs) or if we did, (laughs) if we thought.
1: Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you 100%. You can't, um, that timid stuff won't get you anywhere. That is so true. All right, uh, we'll we'll close with Tim Scott. Senator Tim Scott uh, from South Carolina, as Monroe said, uh, is letting the world know that he has presidential ambitions uh, and that he will be seeking the Republican nomination or thinking he's thinking about seeking the Republican nomination uh, 2024, which means, of course, challenging Donnie Trump Who's already running for that nomination, uh, and, and, and is beloved and
2: Nikki, and Nikki,
1: Nikki Haley, correct? Also from South Carolina. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, who,
2: who who appointed him into that position as senator? So they 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 have some um, some kissing and making <laughs> well, two up. I don't know what <laughs> they're going to do with that,
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: but it's complicated. <laughs>
1: So, uh what uh to me it's it it's about a cynical, not quite as cynical as Clarence Thomas, uh nineteen ninety one. No, I don't even think it's even close, but it's a pretty cynical move, uh by uh, Tim Scott. Your thoughts. Tim Scott, will he get the Republican uh nomination?
2: Uh it depends on whether um I announce first <laughs> <laughs> Man, I <forget> it. <laughs> no he's not gonna get it you know what they do what the republicans do is they find them a pet negro to say we really like this guy so they won't look as racist as they are until it's time for the rubber to hit the road and then they go ah oh, never mind <laughs> you know remember the 999 guy
1: uh um, herman cain
2: the yeah right um how many tears she had when, when he died of COVID did the right wing share when he died from COVID yeah. One to those, those um, Trump spreader uh, events.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's, he's like, well, he's dead too bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, that was, um, that was, uh, it was about two years ago. Yeah. He died. He went to, yeah. uh, uh, it was a trump rally I want to say. and uh, yeah it went got, to
2: a trap uh, rally that's what i said a trump spreader event
1: yeah yeah was, right uh, exactly yep, yep,
2: and he um, got yeah. COVID, and he died from it, and mm-hmm. you how many how many republican leaders um including trump
1: <laughs> yeah
2: expressed including any, trump. Any, any, any 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 um warning yeah. about it you know just oh well, no. Something yeah,
1: happened. <laughs> no. Yeah, something happened. Oh well. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, yeah. No, Tim Scott. Uh, I I can't see it uh, him getting the Republican uh, nomination, it's particularly with Donald Trump in the race. Uh, and um, it but, doesn't
2: matter. It doesn't. matter. Yeah. You know, if if, if if what they will do in a situation like that, if they really feel. If they need somebody of color, then they're going to go with Nikki, not not the black guy. And if Trump, now with Trump, depending on where he is and his mindset, he may uh, pick Tim Scott, be his running mate or something uh, to prove that he's not racist, you know, demonstrate signal he's not racist. Although, I can't imagine he, him going that far with it. Nikki would be his selection. That's what she's running for right now, the vice president. Wow. Biden, Biden has Kamala. Uh, Trump can have Nikki.
1: What a weird world, Monroe. What a weird, twisted world. Just that When you said that, the notion of Donald Trump with Tim Scott as his running mate. And we saw... <laughs> we. Just this uh let's think about this. Um we we saw what Donald Trump made Mike Pence do, the obsequiousness. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. remember that remember that, that that scene uh where there was uh, negotiations uh in the White House between I think it was Schumer, Pelosi, Trump, and they dragged in Mike Pence. I don't know why Mike Pence was there. Remember the look at his face, though? You know, the guy didn't know what to say, what to do. He was so afraid to get right. Trump mad at him. Right, right,
2: right. Uh, and apparently having Trump mad at you is a scary thing. Yeah. Because everybody's afraid of him.
1: Yeah. Just ask Michael Cohen right now, $500 million lawsuit. By the way, what is it that you said to me yesterday uh, about Clarence Thomas? You said something to me that was uh, about no, Clarence Thomas.
2: I, 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 oh, yeah, and I said to you that Clarence Thomas is no Uncle Tom. He's worse. Because Uncle Tom was uh, at least trying to do something uh, with character. I and mean, he wasn't just a total cool sellout. That Clarence Thomas is, in actuality, Stephen from Django
1: and Chain, <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, I heard everybody to have already. He's a,
2: he's a yeah. Samuel Jackson character. Yeah. Because he has some power, and so he can really do some damage. Blackburn. Yeah.
1: The, the... um, What Quentin Tarantino did in Django, he made... The brains of the southern plantation, the person who really ran the southern plantation, where there were dozens and dozens of brutally treated uh, slaves, that person was played by Samuel Jackson. That person was a black man. Right, and exactly
2: um, Stephen. But yeah, Stephen. F. T. E. T. H. E. N. As in step it. He's
1: good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Samuel Jackson, I, Monroe, that is one of the great performances of all time. You know what I mean? What he oh, did in yeah. that movie.
2: Oh, yeah. No. Right, exactly. Because so he was, he was grin when he needed to, and he had a killer look. And, um, and he was been charge. I he, 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 he was, he was, he was Tom a little bit, Uncle Tom a little bit. As we think of Uncle Tom, but, he was. He
1: was very. Uh, no, he sat Leo so- DiCaprio down when they were behind the scenes and told him how it was going to be. <laughs> like he really ran the plantation. Right. Oh lord. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, all right, uh, Monroe. I I'm with you. I agree with you that uh, Tim Scott uh, will not be the Republican uh, nominee. I'm still sticking with Donald Trump. I will be the nominee uh, in 2024. That's where my money lies uh, right now in Vegas. It
2: it looks it looks that way, except right. They had a poll come out yesterday, day before, where 51 percent. I think it was yesterday. 51 percent of Republicans said that um, they like Trump, but um, it would be. It, it was probably time for a younger person, a younger generation, or, or just a person that's um, not doesn't have as much baggage as Trump does.
1: Wait, wait. Is it so, younger? Uh, See, here's the thing. This, this is the part that cracks me up, the way they frame yeah. these things and these polls. which, are, So, like, just the notion that you would uh, want somebody other than Trump because Trump's old. Like, that's the worst thing Trump did was get old? You know what I'm saying? The guy, right. like, tried to lead an insurrection. No, because they, right, now he, <laughs> there
2: there have been articles written in The Atlantic with yeah. people saying that, that uh, we should not, and, and I agree, we should not focus on Trump the man because the Republican Party, the American right wing, was going in this direction anyway. <clears> Trump <throat> just became... Their champion for this, but we really need to focus on Trumpism, yeah. and and particularly in these 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 cities and states, these states and counties where they're now making the move to um, make um, abortion impossible, I mean, It make it impossible to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there's a, a Trumpism going on out there. That if Trump got hit by a bus tomorrow, it would it would still be going on. It's not just Trump. It's it's this old fascist. There's a fascist movement going on. Yeah. Uh, and it's sizable. It's not the majority, but it's it's sizable. And that and that's what we need to be dealing. With, I think not just Trump. You know, if 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 Trump was if Bragg convicted Trump and, and got him put in jail, Trumpism would still be happening. And in fact, it could be more Trumpism. In, in All fact, right, well, there's, uh, one, there, there's one theory that Trump, after he left the court, and he still attacked the judge and, and Bragg, and what he was trying to do at that point was to have him arrested because that would even further consolidate his report, his support among the Trump nuts.
1: Well, the Trump nuts... Yeah, uh, that's brought, well, that's the issue right now with the Republicans. Do the Trump nuts control the Republican Party? or Does the Republican Party control the Trump nuts? Uh, all right, we have uh, run out of time uh and on a a sobering moment uh considering trump nuts running the country but at least we live here uh in the great state of illinois in the city of chicago uh where trump nuts uh do not control things so we'll end on that pleasant note um monroe thank you very much talk to you next wednesday all right all right okay bye uh and also Uh. want to uh, thank producer Chris for doing an outstanding job as he always does. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. Peace of love,
0: everybody. Hey, don't forget, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, and more content for Ben Jirofsky all at chicagoreader.com. Follow the Ben Jarofsky show on Instagram at Benny J show and on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms.